It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. Happy Monday to you. My guest today, Lindsey Crosby, normally joins us for just a third segment. We're just doing the full show today. How are you, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing great. We had some fellas get drafted. Auburn Baseball won a series. Yes. I couldn't be couldn't have a better weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into the draft. And I know as far as like news that impacts Auburn directly for 2021 is uh, transfer portal news with um with Jaron Handy entering the transfer portal. But we're going to kind of push that more to tomorrow. So if folks wonder why we aren't talking about that a ton, that's something that uh, Charlie Five wants to spend a lot of time on tomorrow. So we'll talk more about transfer, uh, transfer portal stuff tomorrow. Today's pretty much going to be draft and baseball. So the first Auburn Tiger that was drafted was who we thought, Anthony Schwartz, going in the third round. We kind of thought that. We thought he would go late day two, and that was uh, that was correct, to the Cleveland Browns. And it was cool to see when he was drafted how much of um hunch of a stink it was kind of because of the whole like, hey, this is the fastest guy in the draft. He got a lot of publicity and a lot of cred and a lot of highlights and a lot of, hey, this guy's really, really fast. He can run straight. So that was good for Auburn because it the thing that kind of stunk throughout the whole weekend, in my opinion, and I really hate it because covering Auburn and I mean, the draft is one of my favorite things on the planet, but it really stunk how irrelevant Auburn was for the vast majority of this thing. And like Auburn got some cred and some, you know, acknowledgement when, when Schwartz got drafted in the third round by the Browns. And then it was just pretty much whispers until Seth Williams got drafted by the Broncos. And that's more because Denver did such a good job promoting him on their social media accounts. So like KJ and, and Sherwood didn't really get a whole lot of traction, which I, I think is lame. So anyway, Let's start in order here. Anthony Schwartz to the Cleveland Browns. I love the fact that he goes into a situation and he's like the fourth or fifth option in the uh, in, in the passing game. I think that is huge for his development for the first few seasons. Yeah, as somebody who talked about he do all the routes, he did them in practice, but he didn't get a chance to show them in game. So he hasn't he hasn't had a chance to learn how to run this route against this coverage and how to make that work in the NFL. Now he has a chance where there's no way they're paying him extra attention because he's on a field with Odell Beckham Jr. and a bunch of other guys that are bigger threats than him. So it's a good situation. I feel like that coaching staff's been really inventive with what they do on offense, so they have a chance to use some of his gadget ability. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think it's a great place for him to go. I think so. I think so, especially with like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and you know they've got the running game with Chubb. They're going to be able to incorporate a few packages where he can just take, you know, take the the top off of a defense. I think he'll get, uh, you know, a deep pass or two every single game, and I think that makes a whole lot of sense. So that is um, that is exciting for Anthony Schwartz. Uh, the next up was Jamie and Sherwood going to the New York Jets, and I just can't stress this enough how much. How much I just dis- I dislike the New York Jets a ton. I can't stand their existence. But here we are. And 
I kind of have to, you know, like them for the fact that they, they took two Auburn guys, one in the draft and one in the draft of free agency. We'll get to him in a moment. But Sherwood, uh, you know, they, they listed him as a linebacker when they drafted him. And when we had Sherwood on the pod here, he talked about how a lot of folks are talking to him as like a, a weak side linebacker. And I guess that's the way the Jets see him. Yeah, it, it's something where the big criticism on him was his speed. You know, he very much, it worked in college, but he didn't necessarily have that that 40 time to translate into the NFL. So put him in, at weak side linebacker, uh, let him cover tight ends in space, but you're not going to worry about him getting matched up with a wide receiver. Um, very much a good use of his talents, provided that he can just develop his ability to, uh, to shed blocks mm-hmm. so he can still be on the field in running situations. Right. Right, so love that for Sherwood, and then we had uh, we had KJ Britt, and Tampa folks very very excited. I got a recording scheduled with the guys from Locked On Bucks to talk about him, and uh, got a got a session scheduled with uh, with the guys with Locked On Browns as well. So we will get that coverage to you at some point this week, probably Wednesday's show. But they're very excited. They think he's going to kind of be the heir apparent to some of the linebackers that they have now, which is great. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to them about what those kind of guys do as far as their roles. And, you know, can you give him enough time to kind of develop as a guy that can help in pass coverage? And, you know, that's kind of the thing that we've been talking about the most. What does that look like? But I wonder how much Tampa folks realize what they're getting in KJ Britt in regards to leadership and a guy that's just going to make your locker room a ton better and putting him on special teams. I mean, nobody's going to try harder than K.J. Britt on those types of plays. So I think it's a great pick for Tampa. Props to the champs getting deeper on defense with K.J. Britt. Yeah, and the good thing with him going to Tampa Bay versus some of the other options there in the fifth round is they brought back just about everybody from the team last year. They're running it back. And so he doesn't need to step in. There's not a glaring hole that he's going to be asked to fill as a rookie. Right, it's special teams. He definitely has time. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has time to, you know, develop his pass rushing chops, to uh, develop his pass coverage, and get to a point where he's not a liability in anything outside of a running situation. Uh, so it's a good place for him, and I'm just excited that he gets to hang out with some other former Auburn players. Yeah, and Tampa just loves Auburn. I guess they love eating downtown or something. I they guess keep so. Coming here to scout guys. I guess so. Yeah, I wonder what restaurants they go to when they scout our guys. Um, but yeah, obviously uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, Super Bowl champs, and so. KJ gets to go into that winning environment. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. And then the last Auburn guy that was drafted, Seth Williams, and he got a lot of attention from, I mean, even like, you know, I was watching on ESPN, they, they kind of acknowledged him a ton. And then Denver did a really good job of, you know, promoting him and, and sharing a lot of his highlights. And uh, a lot of people posted the, the you know, his game winning score against Ole Miss. So I'm glad that he kind of got that recognition, but I'm a little disappointed how far back he was taken, especially when you look at where we were a year ago. And of course, as soon as Mr. Irrelevant is drafted and the draft is over, all of these sites drop their 2022 NFL mock drafts, which I'm a sucker for. Um, I clicked on a ton of them. But last year at that time, Seth Williams was on a bunch of those. And he went super, super late in day three. So, that was a disappointing situation. I don't want to blame it all on Seth, but I do think there were some things that he could have done to help himself. Attitude was a thing that a lot of people talked about. 
you know, inconsistency in regards to effort. And I get being frustrated in an offense or, you know, if <laughs> Mel Kuyper loved, you know, talking about inconsistent quarterback play for Auburn with, when, when Schwartz was drafted, it's like, holy cow, didn't realize you were brought in to, to poop on Bo Nix. I thought you were here to cover the stinking draft, Mel. Holy cow. But that is, um, you know, th- there were a few things outside of Seth Williams' control, but he still could have helped himself a ton this year, and, and he didn't. So I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of wavering back and forth on how I actually feel on that. Yeah, it's it definitely from the outside feels like they're taking him on the promise of his physical talents, understanding that they have to get the mental side right. And that's on him for for last season, the way that he not necessarily played, but the way that he he behaved off the field on the sidelines, uh, some of the effort he gave in the games. And like you said, it's not all on him. Emotions happen. Things happen. But. Uh, that's probably a situation where had he gotten some some better advice about where his stock had ended the season versus where it was when the season began, he may have wanted to come back for a senior year to try to build that up a bit. Yeah, I wonder if that's something he considered at all. I'd love to know, but that's all right. That's all right. All right, we'll talk about some of the undrafted guys and then an article that I thought was interesting regarding Brian Harson, as well as uh, Lindsay apparently talked to Brian Harson. Looking forward to hearing what that conversation was about over the weekend in just a moment, right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. Hopefully the Kentucky Derby treated you well. I didn't I didn't watch it. I couldn't even tell you who won, but uh if you were to place a bet on it, betonline.ag was the place to go for all of that. Of course, the NBA is still hopping. UFC, all that good stuff. Everything is going on at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action at BetOnline. The best way to do all that is to create a free account right now, betonline.ag. You can do it from your phone. Odds are that's what you're listening to me on right now. So pull it out, betonline.ag, make a, uh, a free account, and then when you deposit money, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so uh, a few undrafted free agent guys. Eli Stove got picked up by L.A. very, very quickly, which is good. That was a good sign. They've got some receivers, so I'm kind of curious to see how he fits in there, but he can do a lot of different things. So hopefully he gets a chance and you know their eagerness to bring him on had to be appealing, you know, as far as his chances go. So, best of luck to Eli. Lindsay, do you have any thoughts on that? I think both Eli and the next guy we're going to talk about, Jordan Peters, got picked up so quickly because of special teams. Yeah. And Eli's definitely going to, I mean, and we know Kitchen Sink brings the effort. He's going to be out there doing it. Uh, <laughs> so, we hope that they have a bunch of receivers. We hope he can carve out a role in special teams and make the team. Kitchen yeah. appliance. But he brings everything, including the kitchen sink. There you go. There Kitchen it appliance. Is. That's on me. Sorry, Pappas. <laughs> He's screaming at his phone right who, now. Who was like the first person 
I think it was Trevon Reed. He came in and I was like, what are y'all, y'all got any good nicknames? And he was like, Eli stove. And I'm like, what is it? Like kitchen appliance. I'm like, that's not a good nickname. That's not a good nickname at all. It's a great nickname. I guess. It'd be even better if I could get it right. (laughs) Kitchen sink. We got to start calling him kitchen sink instead. Um, Yeah. Then you you mentioned Jordan Peters and he, he got scooped up pretty quickly by the New York jets and, a guy that that maybe can get you a pump block a year kind of kind of guy, and he's going to work his tail off and and be one of those dudes, probably a gunner on special teams. I think he can do a lot of things in regards to special teams, have him on kickoff coverage and kickoff return as far as you know blocking guys. I don't know if I necessarily want him returning things, but I think uh, I think he's got a chance to really make a roster spot with this new look New York Jets. I mean, look, this is a new a new front office, a new head coach. They're going to want their dudes there. And so I think what Selah, isn't that his name? The new head coach with the Jets came from the yeah. Niners. Yeah, so, and he's a physical dude, and I think Peters kind of fits that. So that is, um, I think that's a good fit for him. Once again, I hate it because it's the Jets, but yeah, the Jets clearly uh, was look, where they were looking at Auburn's defensive guys, which is great. Kind of wonder if Roger McCreary's on their radar for next year. He if you're a good drafter, he has to be. Yeah. I think that's something definitely. They just they were watching film on Jamie and Sherwood, and obviously they saw something in Jordan Peters that told them, hey, I mean, this guy is a hard worker. This guy has talent. They probably saw a bunch of pump blocks and said, okay, you know what? We'll give that a shot. But blocking a punt's not easy. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it requires a lot of different things. So that is um, that is cool. All right. So you talked to Brian Harson this weekend. You were the you were the MC for Storybook Farms' uh, biggest uh, biggest event of the year, right? The uh, Derby Day. Yeah, it was their thirteenth annual Derby Day, and our guest speaker this year was Coach Harson. Uh, so I had somebody else. I, I changed the program so somebody else got to introduce him, so I could stay off stage and talk to him beforehand. Nice. Uh, so we. We talked for about five minutes before he went on. Really great guy. Uh, very brings the energy. Very, you know, just just very enthusiastic. I did want to apologize to the Lockdown Auburn family. I was not able to find out about the pool story, but I got something better. Really? Uh, so it wasn't just small talk the whole time. Wasn't just small talk. Listen, I went in with a purpose, you guys. Okay. So what y'all talk I about? Asked about I asked about our guy, Brad Larondo, and I was like, hey, is Brad with you? Uh-huh. I want to be Brad. And he explained Brad was not there because Brad was working graduation. He was driving uh, players' families back and forth from their parking lot to the stadium and everything. But he asked how I knew about Brad, and I explained the pod, and he sure. said, wait. Yeah. So are y'all the chicken parm guys? Shut up. He did not Brad say Lerondo that. Brad has told Coach Harson about the chicken parm thing, and Coach Harson thinks it's hilarious. No way. He said he told me that, and it was just, he's like, it was so stupid, but it was so funny. And I just, I told him, I'm like, you have to do the podcast now. So, what did he say to that? I think uh, that was, it was just, it was, um, we're on the waiting list. I don't know how far down, list. but that's what they tell me. Yeah. Um, no, Brad Lerondo gave us a good plug, told him, like, those How guys are funny. really good. They know what they're talking about. They really just want to learn from us and learn more about Auburn. And so, that you know, definitely so do it when it comes up. So we're on the list. <laughs> he knows about the chicken parm thing. That is great. That is off. That made my day. That's the highlight. We yeah. should have led with that, not the NFL draft. Holy cow. That's great. That's awesome. I don't know what else to talk about now. 
No, I, I sent you this article, and this article was sent to me. Tom Green wrote it, avail.com, and it came out Thursday night, and it talked about it talked about Harson's eye for quarterback talent, and that's kind of been something that we've talked about a ton during you know the process of him getting hired and and you know throughout the spring and in regards to Bo Nix, how he's kind of this quarterback whisperer or whatever. And it was interesting because Boise State went really hard after Zach Wilson, who is the number two overall pick, and uh, and Trey Lance, who was the number three overall pick. And both of them had ties to Boise State. In fact, Zach Wilson was committed for forever, despite just being this three-star guy. And Trey Lance, um, he was already committed to North Dakota State. And it sounds like Boise made a big push, and he wanted to come to Boise to play for Harson. But his word meant a lot, and he didn't want to go back on his commitment. You got to respect that. That's perfectly fine. But despite them being like, and, and, and Tom Green ranked them, but I think one was like in the 900s and one was like 2,000th ranked player in the country, he was still like all in on both of them because he really saw something in them. And to me, that's a really big deal. So what I'm saying here is, if he if he starts going after a three-star quarterback that's ranked 1,200th player in the country kind of thing, let's don't freak out about it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, hey, Holden, that quarterback, is now up to 261. He, they gave him a fourth star. Gariner, yeah. To us. Yeah, and it's, you know, and, and it's, it actually ties back to what he talked about on, on Saturday about how identifying talent is such a big deal and people don't don't give it the attention that it deserves and it's probably one of the biggest jobs you have as somebody who runs or leads an organization and right. so it kind of goes back to obviously this is how he runs his football team let's identify talent we don't care about what everybody else is saying about them we see you know okay wilson he's raw but he's got great tools he has a frame he has a cannon harson worked him out personally gave him a really tough workout and he did great, and so the next day, gave him the offer. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he was committed for about six months or so, and then a few days before he was going to like make everything official, the whole closer to home thing became really important to him, and you know everybody's got their own reasons for things. So um, he stayed, and you know he stayed closer to his family, went to BYU, and, and that was a great decision for him. Obviously, he earned you know earned that second pick overall to the Jets. So. I, I just wanted to point that out to people to one to say, hey, when this guy's interested in some of these quarterbacks, I don't care what their stars are. If Brian Harson is interested in them, I'm all about it. So that that that's kind of what I wanted to point out in that story. Yeah, I mean, I right now, complete benefit of the doubt on Brian Harson for any player. If yeah. we give an offer to a one star long snapper out of like Japan, I'm gonna be like, this dude's probably the best long snapper in the world. Right. Bring them on. Right. Do they give stars of long snappers? I would assume they do. I don't know. I don't know. It may be like kickers, and they have their own like different ranking system. I'm not sure. There you go. All right, we'll talk baseball in just a moment. Auburn finally got a series win in a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar. Amazing flavors. There's a ton of them. A ton of flavors. They're all absolutely fantastic. They're all covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And, I mean, the macros on this thing are great. They all uh, have a ton of protein, very low calories, very low sugar. Looking at um, coconut almond. That's a popular one. 18 grams of protein, 
under 200 calories, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and just five grams of net carbs. It's, uh, it's, it's like it's magic. I don't know how they do it. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, buy a box of those bad boys, and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, and this is normally when you join the show, but no, we're, uh, I'm making you work this week, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it a ton. All right, so Auburn beats Georgia, wins two to one, two games to one in the series, and so uh, Auburn fans are rejoicing everywhere because it's nice to beat Georgia in literally anything. You know, like, I went to Auburn. For my master's degree, my wife went to Georgia. So, like, if I beat her in a board game, mm-hmm. right there, that's Auburn beating Georgia. Yeah, we, so, we roll tumors, right? It, you know, I have a tree. I have a tumors tree in my yard, and I rule. I roll that if I beat her in anything. It's fine. I love that. You love to beat Georgia, uh, especially the way that this happened. Uh, Monday, very close game. Auburn talks about one pitch was the difference, a grand slam. Game two took absolutely forever. Uh, game two, 14 innings. We ended up winning 10 to 6. And my concern was how many pitchers that we had to go through uh, just for that game. But we see this is why we moved Cody Greenhill back to the bullpen. He came in there and gave us two and a third innings, kept us right there in it. Uh, and then I was concerned about game three, honestly. I was like, who's going to start this game? How right. long are they going to go? Is our pitching going to hold up? And it did. Yeah. So. Who stood out to you this weekend? Uh, just kind of big picture. Let's don't go game by game or anything, but just big picture. Who impressed you this weekend? A couple people. Uh, Ryan Dial got two starts at catcher, had his first home run, uh, played really well. He's had some mental errors in the past as far as, as, far as past balls, as far as game calling. He did a lot better with that. Uh, Will Morrison. He really dialed it up. He really dialed it up. He was dialed in. He was dialed in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Will, Will Morrison pitched fantastic. Uh, just he gave us multiple innings on multiple days. Uh, really showed off the breaking pitches that he has. I think he's going to be a big part of the bullpen next year. Possibly could be the closer. We'll see what happens. Really emphasizing and, the more in Morrison. I hope you have him for the third guy. Carson Swilling. Mm. Uh, pitched quite a bit this weekend as well, and his stat line didn't look good. Yeah, but it was it was very much a I'm not a hundred percent because I've thrown this weekend, and I'm going to go back out there and do it again. And so it was more of an effort and a collective than it was his stat line. But Carson Swilling really just stepped up, especially in Game Three, closed out three and a third innings, sixty something pitches after he already threw in the weekend, just trying to get us this series win. I don't have one for Carson Swilling, but I'm glad he did what he did. So, uh, Colonel Steve asked us a question. I love how we're down in the dumps, and then as a fan base, it's like, hey, we uh, we got a series win. Let's do this. So, um, 
Colonel Steve says, hey, at Auburn Banker, that's Lindsay's handle, great series road win for our Auburn baseball team. If we can pull off a sweep at home this weekend versus LSU, can we get back into the NCAA tournament talk? Then he said, Locked on Auburn's the best daily Auburn podcast, which is accurate and true. Yeah, he is, he is correct. So I think our path to the NCAA tournament runs through the SEC tournament. And I kind of pulled – so our record is not great, uh, but the remaining series that we play, LSU, Texas A&M, Missouri, two of those are home. The one that's away is Missouri, who is the worst team – I say they're the worst team. They're actually – we have the same conference record, but we have a better overall record. Yikes. If we can win all three of these series and then we can beat our three non-conference friends who come in during the week, which we need to, then we will be in that 12-team field for the SEC playoffs, for the SEC baseball tournament. And if we can get there and if we can play well, they're talking about the SEC may get 10 seeds – for the college world series. So if, if they go a full 10, then yeah. we have a chance. If they only do eight, we're not going to make it. But if we can win these series, do well in the tournament and they go 10 seeds, we have a chance. And the magic number, like you need 15 SEC wins. Isn't that kind of like the, the, the rule. So I went back and looked and most teams hit 15. Not every single one of them does. Okay. Uh, but that that's kind of that's kind of the the ballpark, the goal. This would very much be the version of the Seattle Seahawks making the playoffs as a seven and nine team a couple yeah. of years ago. Like it would be a shot in the dark, but we are not out of it yet. We don't have the fifteen. Even if we win all of these games, um, we we would be at we would be at fourteen. So we'd be right there. We'd be close. But if we can win, if if we can sweep all three of these series. I think I mean, we have a good case to go in. Yeah, I mean, that'd be nine extra wins. Like, that'd be crazy. That's not going to happen, though. But can we win two out of three over these next three weekends? Like, maybe. Like, if we go six and three, I think that'd be great. Yeah, if we can go six and three, win all three of these series, and make the SEC tournament, then as long as we play well and our pitching steps up, we have a chance to hopefully get the attention of the, of the selection committee. And we would be a long shot, but right. we could mathematically make the NCAA tournament. Sure. Lindsey Crosby, thank you for uh, hanging out for a full show. We need to start doing this more, if that's okay. If your wife will allow it. Uh, I think she will. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, she's a Georgia fan. We just beat her, so she has to let me do it now. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not arguing at all. I'm not arguing at all. Where can people find you, buddy? I am at Auburn Banker on all the socials and in the Discord. That's Lindsey Crosby joining us on the Monday edition of the show. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot of transfer portal and Harson culture stuff with Charlie Five. And then throughout the week, I'm going to try to get some of the um, the NFL hosts, like Locked On Browns and, and Locked On Bucks. I may have the Locked On Jets guy on. I might. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so all that coming up this week, right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.